Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, a good day to you all. Hope you're doing well. To anyone new, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. As always, if you find you enjoyed this, just do me a favor at the end, smash the like button. Just wanted to share some quick true crime updates for you today. I'm going to be covering the Alec Murdoch trial, share a little news about the Idaho case, and also give you an update on the Dylan Rounds case. Without further ado, let's get into it. In the Alec Murdoch trial today, the defense rested its case. The state then said it will have a few further rebuttal witnesses with the aim to move to closing arguments on Wednesday. The number of state rebuttal witnesses should be between four to five people. I keep wondering if the state is going to bring in some of the boat crash victims into the court to take the stand, like Anthony and Connor Cook and possibly Morgan Dowdy, to have them tell the jury how Alec Murdoch behaved on the night of the boat crash. Murdoch was adamant that he didn't tell any of the victims at the hospital that night that they should not speak to law enforcement. However, in the Netflix series about the case, the victims tell a very different story. The judge also ruled today that jurors will be allowed to visit the Murdoch family's Moselle estate, where Paul and Margaret Murdoch were done in so brutally. Murdoch's lawyers had asked the jury be allowed to see Moselle, while the state opposed the trip, saying that Moselle has changed since the crime occurred on June 7th back in 2021. The judge did not say when the trip to Moselle will take place, but it's going to have to happen in the next couple of days because the trial is nearing its end. Note that the jurors will only be allowed to visit the dog kennels where the shootings occurred. They will not be allowed into the residence or anywhere else. And law enforcement will be on hand to secure the scene because apparently a lot of people are showing up there trying to take selfies. It is unclear if the media will be allowed to cover the jury's visit to Moselle. Today also saw the defense introduce an expert in crime scene reconstruction and blood spatter analysis who suggested that two people may have carried out the crime. Timothy Palmbach, a former professor of forensic science at the University of New Haven, talked about how the two victims were shot with different weapons, Paul with a shotgun, and Margaret with a blackout rifle. Palmbach also stated that he determined Paul was injured first, and it occurred from such close rain that the shooter would have been temporarily stunned by the explosive violence. Palmbach said, and I quote, structurally difficult for the shooter to have two long arms and no practical reason for that to happen. Add to that, what I believe happened to the shooter who fired first with a shotgun, and I think it tips in favor of the probability of two shooters, end quote. Who knows what the jurors are thinking after hearing all of this? 
there was another expert on the stand as well, Dr. Jonathan Eisenstadt, an expert in forensic pathology. Dr. Eisenstadt disputed the accuracy of Colton County Coroner Richard Harvey's estimated time of death and testified Monday morning that Paul and Margaret were not killed in the exact manner in which the two state experts said, but rather were shot execution-style in point-blank range or contact blast to the skull. Eisenstadt testified that whoever shot Paul pressed the gun barrel into his skull and would have been covered with blood spatter and biological material. Eisenstadt also stated that whoever shot Margaret could have been much taller than she was. When the state cross-examined Dr. Eisenstadt, they were able to show that the doctor did not perform any direct testing on the bodies, but relied instead on evidence and documents given to him by the defense. They also made it known that Dr. Eisenstadt was getting paid more than $10,000 for just two days in the courtroom. What a gig. Also appearing on the stand today was Alec Murdoch's brother, John Marvin. In my opinion, John Marvin made for a sympathetic witness. He was very emotional when talking about his deceased nephew, Paul. According to John Marvin, he and Paul shared a special bond, and they spent a lot of time together. John Marvin talked about going over to the crime scene after the investigators had left and he himself cleaning it up. What he described was a very gruesome scene where a lot of biological matter was still on the ground, in the feed room, on the walls. You get the picture. It's shocking how investigators leave crime scenes. You'd think there'd be some procedure for scrubbing all the evidence of a crime away once all the evidence has been gathered and the scene has been officially released. I don't think family members who clearly have nothing to do with the crime should have to undertake such actions. And by that, I'm referring to John Marvin. I am not referring to Alec Murdoch. I think he should have had to clean that area up, if you know what I mean. I know there are companies that can be hired to do this, and for the Murdochs, it would be well worth the price. Do you guys remember the 19-year-old farmer Dylan Rounds, who disappeared nine months ago in May of 2022, out near his farm in Lucene, Utah. Tragically, Dylan remains missing. His parents, Candace Cooley and Justin Rounds, appeared on East Idaho News the other day, and they said they are expecting major developments on the case soon. Dylan's mother, Candace, stated that one of the biggest problems they've had is with law enforcement. Cooley doesn't feel that the police have followed through in a timely manner in their promises to do certain things. According to Dylan's parents, 
The officers have new information and new evidence, but they added that they sometimes find it hard to believe that the authorities really have what they say they have. Candace and Justin did state that James Brenner remains the lead suspect in the case, which is now being called a homicide. However, they said they don't believe Brenner has ever been interviewed by the cops. That's so weird because they have Brenner in custody over allegedly having illegal firearms in his possession and also for the assault of a man in 2021. It makes you wonder what they're waiting for. Candace and Justin say they continue to struggle with even believing the situation is real. Justin said this, I'll be sitting there some nights and just all of a sudden feel like a kick in the gut and realize what's happening, that he's gone. I don't even know how to explain it. End quote. Candace and Justin said that people can help by donating to Dylan's legacy website and Facebook, which will be live in mid-March. The family said that those monies will go toward getting drones to locate Dylan, as well as to create a system to help people farm some of Dylan's favorite plants in memory of him. So sad. Moving on to the Moscow, Idaho case. Tracy Walder, a former FBI special agent and former CIA officer, told News Nation yesterday that if it's true, as People magazine has reported, that suspect Brian Koberger had images of one or more of the slain University of Idaho females on his phone, it would show a pattern of behavior. This could be another nail against Koberger in what is a circumstantial case. Walder said, and I quote, We know that he was reprimanded at Washington State University for his treatment of some of the female students and female staff. And so if he had photos on his cell phone, it directly ties him back now to the occupants of that house. This is one step closer to tying him to that. If he was taking sort of action shots of them, stalking them, following them, following them to work, school, all of that, that really sort of goes more toward this premeditation, end quote. And more news on the case, a new bill introduced into the Idaho legislature means that Brian Koberger, if he's found guilty of taking the lives of Ethan Chapin, Zana Kernodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonsalves, and if he gets the death penalty, he could face a firing squad. Republican State Representative Bruce Skog introduced the bill, and if it's passed, Idaho will reinstate death by a firing squad. That method was legal in the state between 1982 and 2009. Skog said such a squad would be a more humane method of handling prisoners. Of course, the prosecutors haven't yet shared if they plan on seeking the death penalty, which under the current law would be by lethal injection. 
Under Skog's bill, the Idaho Department of Correction would have to find out whether a lethal injection is available no later than five days after a death warrant is issued. If such an injection is not possible, then guess what? A firing squad will take care of the job. Apparently, it's not that easy to acquire the chemicals needed for those injections. Utah brought back firing squads recently because of their inability to get chemicals for these injections. And in Idaho, the Department of Correction had to cancel a scheduled injection of a guy named Gerald Pizzuto Jr., who was convicted for taking the lives of Berta and Delbert Herndon. Right now, lethal injection is the maximum penalty used in cases in which the suspect pleads guilty or is found guilty of first-degree murder. Koberger is facing four first-degree murder charges, one for each of the slain students. Lethal injections are controversial. It turns out they sometimes don't work as planned. In fact, in 2022, seven of 20 such injections were said to be visibly problematic, either due to incompetence by the person handling the injection, oh my God, or because protocols were not followed. Kaylee Gonsalves' family has let it be known that they want the guilty party to face the death penalty. However, the decision for that has to be made by all of the victims' families together. That's all for today. If you have time, check out my new mystery on the Dyatlov incident. I've poured my little heart into those episodes, and I think you'll really enjoy them. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Now smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, consider a membership, and I'll see you next time.